Hello team, it's Fab here, founder and head teacher at All Marketing School and your Marketing BFF. I want to remind you that there is a special invitation for you to join us for the Alt Marketing Certification. Get certified as a positive impact strategy and make people fall in love with you and your work. Reclaim your time, understand the marketing foundations with a positive impact spin. If you are a marketing freelancer who wants to raise the quality of services and do more with less, or maybe you are an early stage marketeer ready to invest to gain real experience in building a strategy with purpose, or you're a marketing leader who wants to be recognized as a go-to expert and tackle new growth challenges. Whether you are beginners or whether you have some confidence into your strategy, we want to support you. We want to help you achieve your strategic goals, toss confettis in the air, and blast your favorite hype song as you get through eight incredible weeks with me and the rest of our faculty. Think about our certification as marketing training at university standards, not prices. So if you're ready to join us and you want to check out our incredible curriculum, all you have to do is go to amschool.click slash certification. I repeat, amschool.click slash certification to find out more and learn what you are going to go through in our eight weeks. From marketing foundations all the way to leadership and storytelling skills, we're also going to cover strategic marketing blocks and advanced marketing tools. Plus, you get workshops, hot seats, group work, and even timely panels with incredible experts in the field. So what are you waiting for? No, I mean it. Our next cohort is starting real soon. So make sure that you head to amschool.click slash certification to come and join us and learn how to market to hearts, not to brains. Welcome to Alt Marketing School. We are currently bringing together a new wave of marketers, just like yourself. We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab, and I'm your host. May the class begin. Good, um, I was going to say, oh yeah, good dark day and morning, everyone. I'll explain why. Wait, wait, bear with, bear with. I'm already starting with a bang. I'm saying this because at the time of recording, I'm, this is very random. I bought a really fluffy pajamas a couple of weeks ago, which is not me, because usually I have the same old kind of little nice gowns, <clears throat> excuse me, that I would wear all the time. But our bedroom gets so cold and I was like, I'm going to invest in two fluffy pajamas, kind of silky fluffy, not like literally like <laughs> bare fluffy. And I was sitting and I was like, I need to talk to Becca this morning, which meant I usually would take my good hour and a half with the workout, with the coffee. I was like, no, I need to get going. And Jenny, I was like, nah, she's going to see me in my pajamas this morning. There's no way I'm going to put anything that is less warm than this. So that's why I said good dark morning, because I feel even people that have been resisting the feeling of, oh my God, this day is now like five hours long. I feel we're all feeling it. So that's me <laughs> today. That's how I feel. I'm like, oh, there's some light. And by three o'clock, I'm going to be like, oh, the light is going away. I don't know how you feel about this, but if, and I work from home and it's really getting me 
So I can only imagine when you actually have to go into the office a couple of times a week and you get out of the house and it's dark, you get out of the office and it's dark. It's weird. I'm finding it strange because I think I'm actually preferring the days that I do go to the office because although it is like, yeah, you leave when it's dark, when I get home, it's definitely dark. In the day, we're quite lucky or I'm quite lucky I can see out of a bit of a window so I get a sense of like, oh, it, it is actually daylight out there. And then if I, I try to, I think it's good because it will motivate me to make sure I have a proper lunch break and get out for a quick walk at lunchtime in the in the outside world, in the daylight. And then it kind of feels like once I've got home, it's nice and cozy and it's like, oh, this is nice. Whereas sometimes if I'm working from home and I'm just like literally watching the sun or... <laughs> I say sun, where's the sun? There's no sun in the sky, but you know, watching it get dark, it's like, oh, 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 it's dark already. Okay. <laughs> it's just so like, sad. And, you know, and it's a thing actually, like sad, like seasonal affective disorder is a condition. And I talked about this before. My favorite thing that I would recommend everyone is to get a sad light or like just one of those lights because it's literally... I mean, you can see that the sun, the fake sun starts coming up at 6.30 when I wake up and you see the husband rolls on the other side because he's like, light, I hate light right now. So he kind of goes away from it and it rolls, whereas I'm like, okay, he's staring in my face, now I can get up, but it makes a massive difference. And again, for people like yourself, when you're at home, if I'm lucky that I have one window and it's in front of my desk, so it kind of gives me a bit of light. But if anybody's struggling, you can even have such lights for your desk which are kind of more like literally a real panel that has this kind of sunlight because it's not just like putting your ring light in your face it's not going to do it <laughs> just in case everybody's like I'm just going to use my ring light no it's not the case but I think it's really important to remember that because especially if you're a marketer hello you know a lot of your job is if not a meeting is literally staring at the laptop or your phone or both so I think it's really important at this time of the year because I think we forget it kind of creeps up on us in November and then for this side of the hemisphere, it goes all the way up until February. And I think sometimes we forget. And even if there's Christmas in between, it's a long time. <laughs> it's a very, very long time as well, I find. It is, it is. It's weird because it's so, it feels so quick. And I'm sure that we say that every year, but it just suddenly, well, it feels so sudden. It's like, oh, oh, it's dark now. Like, and suddenly those brighter days, feel like they were 50 years ago and you're like what was it ever like to work during daylight hours where's that gone so yeah <laughs> I mean you don't have to worry about that kids because in the meantime the social media world has blown up again and we complained for two weeks that we were like oh there's nothing to talk about not true but you know we were like you know not a lot has happened aside from meta and all these things and I was like yes everybody's doing something and we knew it we called it again, little clairvoyant hats on one more time, we called it. So it's interesting to see. And I just wanted to jump on the first thing because it was a something we promised we were going to talk about last week, but we didn't have time, which is uh, the new Twitter, uh, sorry, LinkedIn, that's the one, Marketplace. And on top of that, I also want to say, just this is a rant before we jump into the Marketplace, but related to LinkedIn. People, I know that you know that now newsletters are good but stop inviting me to your LinkedIn newsletter. Please and thank you, goodbye. Okay, so tell me if you had that as well. This is the last week everybody think LinkedIn is rolling it out and everybody's doing now their LinkedIn newsletter. 
And because I like newsletters as normal newsletters, I'm almost like, do I need you? No. Like, and I don't know, it's a mini rant, but I had about five things in my inbox in the last three days be like, oh yeah, join this person's newsletter. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Is it only me? No, that was really harsh from me as well. Just no, just no, I'm not going to. No, I, th- I think there is definitely a bit of a surge at the moment with this with LinkedIn and also on Twitter pushing newsletters as well. It feels like everyone now really does have a newsletter, which is great. And I understand the logic because it's a better way to kind of have ownership, I guess, of your audience. But I think the thing that's so important is that if you're going to have that, you need to have come to kind of a plan of what you're going to include. And is it is it valuable content? Because I'm not going to lie to you, when newsletters and things come into my inbox, it really has to, even if I'm quite loyal to the like person or brand, it really needs to kind of catch me. Otherwise I'm like, mm, you know, I'm, I'm a hard, like hard, hard to win. But I think sometimes I'm noticing that people are seeing, oh yeah, 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 it's really easy to do it. I'm just going to start one. I'm just going to start one and they haven't defined their audience properly. They haven't designed, designed, they haven't defined what value they're bringing each week. You know, is it even each week or should it, should it be less often so that it's more valuable and stuff? And I think that's a shame because I feel like now it's going to be even more hard work basically for people getting out, getting their newsletters out there. And it, people like me are just going to become more, you know, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to click on that because it could be, might not might not be very good so it's 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 kind of like good and bad you know but what what about you what do you think well i have i have an interesting point of view i think because i've been banging on about email marketing and newsletters for seven years now i mean i've had them since the beginning because i'm a writer first and foremost but i've been banging on about them for such a long time and what's been interesting is that people will always kind of be like, yeah, I need to learn about email marketing, go on. Then they get to the end of it and they're like, oh, that's why people don't open my emails. And I'm like, yes, and that is exactly the reason why that happens. So yeah, I know a few things about it. This is just me with a humble brag. But also on top of that, there's also an element of my pet peeve is not about newsletters because I love them. <clears throat> for example, for context, I think for my personal one, which I have, because now I'm sitting on the website and I don't really drive too much traffic aside from a couple of blog posts a month, I probably would maybe move it to review because then I can use Twitter a bit more or even LinkedIn. I need to decide, probably review, to be honest, because then it's got that, that lead generation from Twitter, which is, I don't have time to do a lot of lead generation in that respect. Whereas with Creative Impact and Marketing School, the lead generation is a lot more natural for the newsletter. With the other things that we do, there's a better push. So I understand that. That's why I'm saying it's good. But I'm kind of wondering, should you start a LinkedIn newsletter or should you think, where am I actually, because a lot of people have a newsletter, where is my current newsletter and should I move it somewhere else to make my lead generation, especially if you are a professional, which are these people that do the newsletters, um, should I move it maybe to LinkedIn because actually I ain't got time or need or capacity to drive people to my website. And in that case, I'm like, yes. But when I see people that add me to like, invite me to this newsletter and I'm like but I already know you've got one on your website so how which one are you going to prioritize how are you going to prioritize it like because I honestly you know I think that's the thing we're still poor on time we know it we don't like to talk about it so that's my pet peeve and that's kind of where I'm coming from and I know it's kind of stealing from the LinkedIn marketplace we'll get into it now 
but I wanted to mention it because I genuinely have seen it in the past again week a surge because I think LinkedIn is releasing it properly and um, it's something that people should think about so if you're listening to this hello have a think you know I think there's a lot of good places for newsletters but where should yours be? Should it be fully independent and completely unlocked and unlinked from any social because maybe it's not where you drive people? Think about where people are coming to you and maybe it's the time for you to move from hopefully MailChimp because I hate MailChimp. Sorry, MailChimp, I just don't like it. Maybe it's ConvertKit, maybe it's Active Campaign, and maybe you say, actually, for what I do, I want it to be about content. I'm going to move it to review LinkedIn or whatever it is. This is my take on it. Now, onto the LinkedIn marketplace itself. It's exciting. I we were like snooping around as well last week, um, the look of it. Actually, I'm going to ask a question instead of just us just commenting on the concept of it. Mecca, if you were an actual freelancer or consultant, yeah. would you almost, would you still direct people to your website? Or would you, for example, now with this sort of uh, Upwork marketplace thing, direct people to LinkedIn instead? That's a good question. And it's hard And it ties into what you've just said about newsletters, doesn't it? Because I think on the one hand, if you're already getting successful interest and leads and traffic to your website, then I'd be a bit like, well, maybe I want to keep doing that because that's working. And again, sort of more ownership of the audience. But I feel like now is the time if you're in that situation to basically jump on this feature and make sure that you're using it fully because it feels like I'm quite confident that this is something that LinkedIn are going to put a lot of time and effort into because I feel like there's just so many people that this applies to and it can help. So it's kind of like get your profile up to scratch, make sure everything's sorted, start using this, start having an explore on it and see what happens. So I think with my, yeah, because I'm a marketer and with my social media brain on, I'd be like, social, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick that one. I'm gonna do it. I want to do that one. <laughs> I think there's also a path of least resistance in that. I was thinking about it. I was just having a, <clears throat> excuse me, I look at the screenshots actually, because I wanted to actually say something that made sense and not talk about things that are not that. But if you look at it and we actually posted it in the newsletter, <clears throat> all, much is all marketing school.com for the newsletter. Thank you. Anyway, if you want to see the news, actually all marketing slash news, and then you'll be able to see it because we talked about it twice. I feel is the path of least resistance is really where the power can be in the way that somebody, actually somebody might DMs on LinkedIn being like, oh yeah, you do consulting. I was like, yes. Uh, how does it work? And I was like, at the time it was a couple of weeks back and I, I haven't even looked if I can set up the marketplace or how to do it. Yeah, I haven't had time. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is my website and this is kind of where you can find info. And I thought if this person could actually just say, yes, this is this is the one thing I do. This is the other thing I do. This is how they work. This is the rough price. And it's all already in the app. You're not moving people away from it and you're actually not losing them in the conversation. Then say, okay, let's take this conversation into email. Not a problem. But then again, it's the path of least resistance, isn't it? Is then when you move them from that space and then you're asking them to do something else and to go somewhere else. So even from um, me being a consultant, even if I do little of it because of everything else I do, <laughs> being honest, but you know, if I still need a client to want to welcome a client, being able to do it from a place like LinkedIn where I'm active, I'm not saying that it makes websites redundant. I think 
you need to understand whether your website is a static or a dynamic website. And it's almost like my brain when it comes to platforms like Twitter, which I know there's also Twitter professionals, which is exciting, or LinkedIn in this case. I think these are the two big ones. You could almost gauge Instagram. We talked a lot about shopping on Instagram. So these three, I see them as wanting to replace. They went from becoming the main social accounts they wanted you to go to, to almost becoming a place that wants to replace a static website by providing you everything you need to actually do everything you want. So, you know, you can have your static, almost like you can have your static website with your name on it. And then you can almost have everything redirected somewhere else. So you can just have the main things so that people know who you are, like and about me and not have anything else. So basically you could have Instagram, Twitter or LinkedIn do everything else for you. I don't know if I'm making sense or if I'm going insane. No, you <laughs> are. Here. And I, I think, no, I think it's a really good point. And I can see how that is maybe already starting to happen because you're right. It's so easy now to have basically everything across those three platforms or maybe not even across the three of them you know pick whatever one is best suited for you and your audience and then it's like why do you ever need them to get like to leave and I think that's that's good and bad right because if everything is provided there excellent and that should help hopefully end up helping like you but then it's also I feel a little bit like from the social media platforms themselves because it's like okay we've got this audience they're all competitive against each other which we know how can we keep users no matter what their intent on this platform for as long as possible like we don't want them to click off even though we allow them to do that you know we've got the link sticker or you know call to action button in the top top of your linkedin or all that stuff it's like yeah that's there we don't actually want you to do that just want you to stay here stay in our little ecosystem and never leave (laughs) never leave us we love you stay with us forever i feel that's almost i'm gonna jump on to something else again there's so much this week we might have to do the same thing we did last week maybe keep some things to spotlight next week because i think there's a lot of interesting movements but one that was announced but i almost felt it kind of was shoehorned in was um at one of maybe it was the facebook connect Oh, I mean, it was called Facebook Connect. Maybe they changed it to Meta Connect. But that event, there was a conversation around groups and how they're going to be shifting and turning into communities. And there's going to be paid subscription options. And that almost, going back to what you just said, it looks like Meta's, I'm going to say Meta's, Meta's cry for help to be like, okay, Facebook, what the hell is it going to be useful for? Genuinely, what are we going to get people to use it for? And it's like, oh, People are still using the groups. So what about actually supercharging this feature? Because this feature might actually have some legs. Honestly, interesting choice. I feel that more and more people are still like, do I really want to have a group on Facebook? Because the people that might actually jump on it will have all the accounts we talked about in the past with all things that they really don't want strangers to see. But that's how I saw it, because it was really interesting that one of the big pushes from the Connect, aside from the rebranding and AR and Metaverse, was, oh, by the way, we're adding all this stuff to groups, all of it. And that was a lot. There was a list of a lot of things, which I think you noticed as well. Yeah, I think with groups, I'm finding it really hard at the moment to know how, how seriously to take them, basically, because, yeah, Facebook, Meta have just added all of these new features and they sound really cool. And, you know, I've definitely gone through phases in the past where I was quite an active 
group user across some different ones. So I can see how they would be helpful and it does make me go, oh, okay, maybe I should kind of go back. But it's that, it's maybe I should go back. I've already adapted and moved away from that. And now it's like, I'd probably turn to Instagram for a similar-ish experience or just do it differently. And that's that's what I think now. And, you know, clients have asked me recently, actually, there was one um, and she was like, oh, I don't know whether to set up a Facebook group or not. And I was like, mm, that's a really, it's really hard to tell you whether you should do that right now or not, because with everything that's changing, is it just going to be a really like uphill battle, basically, if you're starting a new group from scratch, even with all these new features, I feel like it's, it's maybe just gone past its like, you know, sell by date, even with all this new stuff, slightly need to have, I don't want this. I don't want this, but I feel like they might do it. But with Instagram, there are some accounts out there that have such good communities. And sometimes it feels like apart from the comment section, there's not much way to kind of engage with other people within that community. So it's like they need some kind of like something group-esque in the Instagram world. Don't give them ideas, Becca. I you know, know I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I want it to happen, but sometimes... You know, listening. Oh, I know. <laughs> you know what will happen now, right? Now it's going to be like, mm, we should add another tab with community. And you're like, yeah. You know what, though? I love what you mentioned. And first of all, I can see Becca and I being the hyped up cheerleaders in any group that was there. We were like the ones being like, yeah, so I'm going to respond to everything. And that's what I do. I mean, community is my jam. And actually to, to follow up on what you said, I had a similar conversation with somebody who was helping me out the refining, basically for all marketing school, hello, is a certification that we're going to offer. So we're going to have a student hub and community. And I was like, there's loads of platforms. Where should we go? And he made such an excellent point. He was like, well, think about this. Go where people already are. Go where people already are coming. So probably, spoiler alert, the whole community of what marketing school as a whole, including obviously our cohorts, will probably have a Slack space for it, which I just kind of feel that's going to be where where we're going to be, which is fine. It's great because that then will allow something that is a bit more contained. It's a bit of work, but I know that that's where people are. I mean, why why did later create a social club on Slack? Because marketers are already on Slack. So I was resisting it, but he made a good point. It's like, well, go where they're at so that after they check in on their team Slack or their client Slack, they can say, hi, oh, let's see what, again, all marketing school is up to. Let's check in with fellow students or let's check in with fellow marketers. So it makes sense. And this is why, as you said, is, you know, Facebook is trying to direct people back to Facebook where they don't check their Facebook account maybe every month. If so, so why would you just go there for a group, even if it's the best group in the world? Why would I go there? So it's really interesting. And I think that might be what's going to happen because I genuinely don't know why people will go back to Facebook. Sorry to say. No, no. And you're right. Even as a marketer, I will log into Facebook and I, I'm, I feel like I'm just blind to like the feed and everything. And I'll just go to the business manager to do my paid stuff. And then that's it. It's like, there's no, it's, it's really bad. But it's like, even with my social media hat on, I'm like, oh, Facebook is not, not where it's at. 
it's not where people's priorities are if they're online they're going to be on instagram or tiktok or twitter or linkedin like facebook is just falling so far down the pile for everyone i think you know what's interesting as well we talked about both the the focus on professionals from LinkedIn and also communities in general. And it's interesting to see that among the 70,000 things that Twitter did, including, by the way, little sneak, hint, tip, trick. And now you can re-see the previews from Instagram cards, which is kind of cute. I mean, needed, meh. People got excited because they couldn't do it for such a long time. There will be a string of, of URLs and now you can actually see the, the preview, so it's nice. But aside from that, there has been other little things that have happened, like the push for these new professional profiles, which Becca will need to help me understanding. That and you're on the push on spaces and these beta Twitter communities as well. So I'm seeing that actually Twitter is seeing what other people are doing and is also doing the same thing and understanding, oh, actually people want the community. People want, want to, as professionals, to stand out from the crowd. And I think it's just, as we said before, trying to figure out what should it focus on to get people to come back and also probably make a bit more money. So I found it really interesting uh, to see those things popping up for Twitter because there's been quite a few in the last week or so. There have, there have. I Did you see as well the profile search update on Twitter? This intrigued me because... How would you use it though? Tell me more because I was like, interesting, but why? 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 So basically now, before you could search for people's tweets, if you went into the search and, um, you know, typed in their username and everything, but it felt a little bit like clunky and uh, people didn't really do it, whatever. Now, when you go into someone's profile, you'll see a magnifying glass and you can just search directly straight there and then for their tweets. So I think, so it's super simple to use. What's interesting is it's not actually anything new. So I, you could do this before, but Twitter are making it a lot easier if you do, and kind of quite obvious because now when you go on someone's profile, it's like, oh, there's a magnifying glass. Like, I kind of want to, I kind of want to click on it. What these people said. So it's like, is this to prompt people to maybe have a little look at their profile? You know, take take in what they've said over the years, check their account, make sure there's nothing kind of questionable on there because now it's going to be even quicker for people to find out and obviously there have been problems like that on the part in the past with twitter and people you know finding these tweets from 2009 with all sorts of like bad things but it could also be and i think this is a bit more of a a reach but if you're looking at an account and maybe it's not completely clear from their most recent tweets or you just want to find out a bit more um, about their content if you're thinking about following them you can maybe search for a couple of keywords and go oh okay actually what they're saying about this topic is really helpful I'll follow to stay in the loop or if you're like mm, actually it's not my it's not my cup of tea then you don't have to there, there's that option that's now easier and I think maybe that will become more of a thing and certainly I was thinking about some of the clients I work with use Twitter either as like a customer service tool or a kind of educational tool. So in that sense, it could be quite helpful, but we'll see. But I thought it was quite interesting because I was like, yeah, Twitter didn't need to do this. Again, no, no, not one of the features that people have been asking for, but. I'm wondering whether, again, is something that I say about marketing and people a lot. 
if people tell you what they want, but they will show you what they really want. So it's why they're actually Twitter saw that a lot of people were looking for things or were like, oh, you know, the little frustration. Oh, I wish I could see X, Y, and Z. So I wonder, as you say, whether it was more like forward thinking about some of the problems that people have been having or some of the issues, or if it was more a case of, oh, wait a second, actually, this is what we're looking for right now. So I'm really wondering with that because I found it really interesting. There's another thing, obviously, that there's two quick things. One, because I wanted to go back to the Twitter for professionals, because I think it's a very interesting point with what we're talking about today. So it's worthwhile touching on. But before that, I want to say that is, I love that Twitter is still pushing spaces. I feel like it's almost kind of like trying to shoehorn a hen. And one of the quick changes that have happened is that now, you know, non-users can actually tune into spaces, which I find interesting. And I'm like, already from a Twitter user, I already have to tune into spaces anyway. You know what I mean? So I don't know if it's <clears throat> the, the, the resistance is, well, I'm not a user or if they just want bums on seats, but I don't know if it's enough of an incentive. So that I found really interesting. I want to hear your take on that before I go in, jump into this Twitter for professionals, because that is going to be really interesting, I think. Well, I thought it was very, uh, what is the word? An interesting choice, because like you say, I don't think it's that people don't have a Twitter account. I don't think that's the problem. I think that it's how people are using social media right now. You know, we've we've said so many times that back in lockdown, you know, the beginning of 2021 as well, when Clubhouse was really taking off, it felt easy to use like these audio sessions, whether it be on Clubhouse or Twitter. It was like, yeah, of course, like we're, we're lacking human interaction. Let's do it. This is a really easy way. Cuts down on Zoom fatigue because you're not having to be on camera or anything like that. It's perfect. I don't think the lack of um, people tuning into Twitter spaces is because they're not a Twitter account. I think it's that it, where it is on the feed, it's very easy to ignore it, which is, I don't want them to change that because I quite like being able to ignore it. But also it's like, yeah, I'm not in the in the time or headspace to be wanting that kind of content right now. It's more, if I want audio content, I'll probably go and listen to a podcast when I'm somewhere that I don't have signal, you know, like on a train or something where, which with spaces, you need a signal because it's live. You need to be tuning in. So yeah, that's what I think. And that's why I was really interested about it. And I was like, okay. And then again, I think it's the same, it's Twitter's strategy or, or like they're of sorts of being like, okay, let's try things. Let's try this thing to push this thing and see if it sticks. And I understand because, you know, we're like, well, we, we did bells and whistles about spaces. And now, as you say, maybe the time is not ripe no more, but we're not listening. We're going to try and get people to tune in which I appreciate you know you put time into it you want to see and see if it actually works so that's how I see it what I found interesting when it comes to then again the the professional accounts which I think again it's very much something that people that are in the space and Twitter users and marketers know but I would say it's been almost it's almost something that Twitter knows they want to test with the right people to see if they're going to go for it how I see it because that for me, honestly, was the most interesting thing from this week, even if I love your take on the search as well. It's almost saying, let's see if we can give professionals a way to use Twitter as the website. That's why, again, I said it's interesting because we talked about it a lot today. Because my, first of, first of all, is interesting Then they got a couple of features written down, then they're like, more coming soon. Which I think means they're testing the waters to figure out what professionals want. But for example, the easiest thing it's just the modules that you have at the top. And you see that that's one of the biggest changes is that you can choose to have a 
shop module, which again, Twitter to me doesn't screen e-commerce, so it will be interesting to see. An about module or a newsletter module is almost kind of being giving you as a professional the chance to grow your audience outside of Twitter, but within Twitter. So I think this is interesting because I see that movement has been done by, I would say the most up and coming sort of um, networks for professionals. That's how I see them now, Twitter and LinkedIn. Whereas I can see Instagram and Pinterest being a lot more about e-commerce, a bit more, they're kind of focusing on that with everything we talked about. And then again, Facebook, Twitter and his thumbs or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> I keep thinking about what name should it be. But I want to hear your opinion, but that's that's how I saw it. And that's why I found it really, really interesting. Yeah, I think I would agree with you on the sort of where audiences sit across them, and what they're using each platform for. And I think I agree. So with the shop module on Twitter, I'm like, hmm, is this the right place? Uh, no. Um, I also think... I know they'll probably keep tweaking it and the design and everything, but the moment it kind of still looks a bit clunky, like, oh, I've come on this Twitter profile and now I'm bombarded with like products and stuff. And I think from a user experience perspective, that's might not necessarily always be the best thing because you want to know about the brand first. You want to build that trust. You want to build that relationship and figure out, are they sustainable? Like all, whatever values you have to you before you go into buying something immediately. So maybe if there was something like if you're visiting the profile and you're not following yet, you see one thing. And then if you're a follower, then maybe you could see the products like some kind of compromise like that, because otherwise it just feels a bit icky to me. And like, this is not the place it does. However, I think suit the about module and the newsletter module that I can see yeah that makes more sense you're giving more context like sometimes i think because twitter allows conversations you know across the world sometimes it can be a bit like not confusing but you just forget how far away some people are that you might be talking to so having like that extra bit of context to place like oh this is where they are based and how that might be able to relate to you in terms of like the business market and all those kinds of things could be really really helpful so so yeah but i think we'll see how how people take it up i i think on the whole people are using twitter as kind of like a more of a professional tool now but i was i feel like twitter has uh audiences are quite kind of like rebellious <laughs> do you know what i mean it's like they might they might be using it as a professional but whether they actually want to kind of use it like that if that makes any sense it's like yeah 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 we don't actually want these things though we want to talk about like this film or whatever like i get that sense from the community so we'll see how if, if they kind of just rebel against it and go no we're not going to use that we don't want that we don't want change that is very true actually i think it's going to be really interesting because there's so much that we we highlighted already for this week again you'll find it all in the newsletter or marketingschool.com slash news. If you're not in, you can see all the recap of some of the stuff. We'll probably touch on some of these. We'll make sure that we see if there's anything that is worth the while keeping for next week as well. There's a lot though that we covered this week, I think. And I think these are just what was interesting is that some of them might not seem as big changes and shift, but I think they're almost starting to define the positioning of some of the platforms of what they want to be positioned as. As you say, you always have to remember that 
it's good to know what you want as a platform, but what does your audience want, as you say, with Twitter users, but in general. So I think it's going to be a really interesting time. And because, as we said, it's dark outside and we are coming back inside a bit more and we are kind of like reclaiming that space, I think is a time for social to be like, okay, we're back in the game for a bit. So let's see how can we be the ones on top of people's minds. So I think it's going to be an interesting time ahead. If you have any questions, you want to uh, share things with us, or you want to let us know what you think, obviously you can go all to Mark School on Twitter or Marketing School on Instagram. And to find out more about our certification and apply for our first cohort, I want to say you can go to altmarketingschool.com slash pro and you can join us there. If you have any questions for me, I'm at Fab Giovanetti on all social as always. And I'm at Becca Social everywhere. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Head to oldmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spread the love on Instagram at Old Marketing School. Until next time.